1: Hey there dog lovers. Welcome to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Prim, and I'm a small animal veterinarian and dog lover. You all have heard me mention my dog Sky, and she and I are currently trying to navigate the entire COVID crisis with this self-quarantine and the the scary headlines. And so I invited Dr. Sally Foot, who is a veterinary behaviorist, to talk with us today about Ways we can make life a little bit better for our pets while we are self-quarantining. And some ideas for fun things that we can do with pets. And then what's going to happen when life returns to normal? What can we do to offset problems that may happen? So we will be right back with Dr. Foot.
0: front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit DesignerPetSweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. DesignerPetSweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
1: Welcome back to Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs, and I have Sally Foot today, and we are going to talk about the things I mentioned, the issues associated with self-quarantine and some ways to head off the problems that may develop when we all go back to work. Hi Dr. Foot. Hi. Nice to so, get a chance to talk to you, Dr. Cat. <laughs> this is really fun because I like being able to reach people while they're doing all of these other things, this digital format is is pretty cool to me. And I would love it if you could tell us, I know who you are and I know (laughs) why you are qualified to speak to us about this, but tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I am a, a veterinarian and an animal behaviorist. I have been in general practice with a behavior niche to my small animal general practice here in central Illinois, rural central Illinois, for about 30 years. I actually sold my brick and mortar practice, the general practice, and I continue to provide behavior veterinary behavior services to local veterinarians on a referral basis for dogs and for cats. I was, you know, already I don't know if you want to use the word into, you know, uh, using less stressful handling, fear-free techniques, cat-friendly techniques back in the, you know, mid-2000s and became active with our American Veterinary Society of Animal Behavior Association. And through that, I, you know, started doing some speaking and working together with others leaders in that. And that led me to some um, collaborative work with the late Dr. Safiyan, and then also being a part of the uh, Fear Free Certification Program, one of the authors in that first level uh, in that. And I continue to now, besides now I'm doing, you know, the behavior consults, also speaking and writing and continuing to uh, develop continuing education, online education for veterinary staff in behavior and also reducing stress and anxiety in veterinary care. So that's kind of about me.
1: (laughs) Well, that's great. And so I actually attended one of your webinars recently, and that is when I realized, you know, there is a different part of this whole self-quarantine thing that people really haven't thought of. Uh What about us being home all the time? How does that impact our companion pets?
2: Very good point to bring up. And I did another webinar last night on how, you know, we provide this curbside care, and that was a question one of the veterinarians brought up was she was getting some calls from clients who said their dogs were more anxious or maybe a bit more active, and I know we're talking about cats here on this program, so there is a bit of an impact because this disrupts the routine for our pets. It's almost like a throwback, say, to summer vacation when their kids are home or maybe uh winter time when you get a really bad snowstorm and everybody's literally up here in the northern part of the country I think you're down in Tennessee so you may not get that unless you get a bad ice storm but you know when you get bad weather and everybody is literally stuck in the house for like a week or two weeks that disrupts the pet's routine and so how does that affect them and so there's sometimes there's good effects because they're getting more attention Now our owners are actually doing a lot of the things we asked them to do, like putting up more perches and, you know, enriching the home for our cats or playing with them, you know, cleaning the litter box more frequently. Sometimes there's a, you know, negative effect because the owner may, uh, some of the anxiety the owner may rub off on the pet. And so then the pet is showing increased anxiety or because of some of the ways that the owner interacts, like pets, the cat... Or things like this, you notice the interactions. Maybe there may be some pet owner conflict that's been going on. And while the owner went away to work for eight hours or whatever a day, the cat got a break from it. But now the cat's not getting a break from it. And we may be seeing, you know, then the problems from that.
1: So can you give us, maybe my listeners and I, some hints about ways to know if you are kind of getting on your cat's nerves or, you know, (laughs) causing some problems, warning signs, perhaps?
2: Okay. So two things we need to recognize and really be able to see the body language of early anxiety, early, you know, fear, the cat wanting to get away, the cat not liking something. So the two handouts I really think everyone should have, pet owners, cat owners, as well as veterinarians and veterinary staff are on my website, the DrSallyJFoot.com. You'll need to go under the veterinary tab. There's like a veterinary pet professional and pet owner tab, but under the veterinary tab, there's a little button that says the feline ladder of aggression. I want you to download that and print that off. And what this is, it shows the early signs of a cat being a little nervous with being a little anxious and how they step up to where then the cat turns to staring, swatting, and then actually can lead to biting. So when you see your cat, like pulling away, looking away, their ears being down a bit, stop what you're doing. Just stop what you're doing. Because whatever you're doing, if you're petting your cat, you're walking up to your cat to like get him off of the counter. It's that approach that's upsetting them, and then we're going to have to find a different way like to get them off the counter or just not pet them so much, or maybe don't pet them over that part of the body. The other handout is actually, it's one I designed when I was working for Dr. Yin's company, uh, and it's through DrSifiaYin.com. It's a free download, just like mine is a free download on the shop, and this is the body language of anxiety in the cat, and it's kind of this lavender, you know, it's like a cartoony picture. So it's pictures of what the cat looks like. So you can match the picture next to that ladder of aggression to really tell what your cat's saying to you. So, just some other tips or things for so if you find like you stroke your cat two times, oh, he's okay, he likes it. And then the third or fourth time, especially as you're going down the whole body, a lot of cats do not like that whole body pet. Now his tail starts flipping or swishing, and then he kind of curls his body up a little tighter and gets really still. That's actually freezing the cat, and the cat is at a higher level of anxiety. So it's almost like cats are more sensitive to touch, and I think over-petting is something that leads to a lot of cats. Then they jump away from you. They're avoiding. Okay, so they resolved it. That's nice, better than biting you. Or all of a sudden they turn, they swat you, or they bite you, and that's aggression. We didn't realize it was a third and fourth pet that overstimulated their body. It was like too much, you know. So my rule is between the like between the little ears, you know, up on their forehead, down to the back of their neck. That's where you're gonna stroke them once, stroke them twice, and stop. And then if the cat head bunts, you know, where they take their forehead and they kind of bump your hand and. And they're scenting on you they rub their face there then just do one or two pets again and you might go a little further down the body and stop because what you're doing is you're doing a little pet and you're waiting for them to ask for more and if they don't ask for more then don't do anymore <laughs> they said they've had enough if they ask for more then you can do more and of course then if they say start purring or they're leaning into you so the simplest thing is if an animal is cats come towards you and with their tail up and a relaxed body. Relaxed body is always an indication of calm and happiness. Relaxed body leaning towards you. They want something from, you know, they want that pet. They want something from you. If they turn away, they turn their head away. They jump away. They pull their body away. They don't
1: want it. Stop what you're doing. Well, so everybody calls me Dr. Cat and I talk (laughs) about cats a lot. However, I suspect that a lot of our listeners may have dogs in addition to cats or maybe they're just listening that they have dogs, but they like cats. So I think that cats and dogs are different enough from each other. The advice might be different. Can you talk a little bit about healthy people that are self-quarantining that are now staying home with dogs as well?
0: Ah, very
2: good question. Thank you, Dr. Cat. So dogs and cats can really be great buddies as long as each gets what their own species needs. And I think this is what we have to keep in mind. So what does that mean? Okay, a cat, a cat likes to be able to like get up high you know get up high in the room or be in kind of a hidey place to assess and kind of review like okay the dog is over there the food is over there i'm going to walk along this direction to get there they don't just sort of walk in a room and because the movement of the cat, you see, is what entices the dog to possibly want to chase. So we need to have a way that the cat can move around the house, up off the floor, so they're you know not right there in the space of the dog that tempts the dog to want to chase them because when the dog chases the cat, then the cat runs, that's scary for the cat. Now we don't have good dog-cat interactions. So for the cat, we need to make sure we have enough perches and kind of that off the ground runway, if you will, For them to be able to move around the house off the floor, that keeps cat happy, not only if they're living with dogs, but with people as well. And then cats like their food, you know, to be hidden in small bowls around the house. It uses their hunting skills. And that also avoids the dog possibly getting in the cat food or the dog staring at the cat when the cat is eating which then can make the cat nervous. So that's, you know, this is how to help dogs and kitties get along well together. For the dog, we really need to be sure that we get the dog out for walks. We get the dog out for plenty of exercise, not just in the backyard. Dogs need to get out and get sniffing other smells and things like this to be, you know, calm and happy themselves. And then lastly, the litter box. We need to make sure that we have the litter box in a room or a location, maybe put a baby gate up so we keep the dog out of the litter box. It is a normal, do- I'll say it on the radio here, it is normal dog behavior for the dog to want to eat the cat's stool, to stick their head in that litter box and clean it up, and of course for the cat, the cat may, you know, the cat sees the dog around the litter box, and then the cat may not want to get in the litter box because they're afraid the dog's going to bother me. Maybe the dog has bothered the cat in the litter box or the dog has disrupted the litter box, all that. So having a baby gate up, gate up that the cat can get over or, you know, under to get to their litter box and not be bothered by the dog or say a covered litter box turned in a way to the wall so that the dog cannot get into it. But that will help to keep dog and cat harmony.
1: So right now, last night, I took my dog for a walk in the neighborhood and there were lots of people walking their dogs right. because, you know, it, it's fun and it's, it's an activity that we now have time for that maybe we didn't before. So for healthy people that are self-quarantined with their dogs and maybe their cats, they may have a cat train to walk. But um, I think that dogs are going to get used to being walked and handled maybe more. What do, what do you think?
2: Oh, I completely agree. I have, I mean, I'm enjoying it. I've always nagged my clients. To get their dogs out for walks more frequently when i would say to clients my prescription for a dog is to be walked at least one minute per pound of body weight people with a 50 60 pound dog look at me like i'm crazy because that means an hour of walking a day yet that is what that dog needs i mean broken up in the day but anyway that is what that dog needs so now i am seeing dogs getting that and so i think yes the dogs are happier people are happier it's what we can do you know with this uh, healthy people can do with this social kind of isolation, there's more limited ways of going. So what's going to happen, or we're all predicting this, and I think this is great, we're talking about this, our dogs are at a higher risk now of separation anxiety when people go back to work, because this is increasing the bonding with the people, you know, the attention, and dogs are very routine oriented. So now we get into a new routine, and it's going to be established, you know, for two weeks, maybe three weeks, depending upon where you live. Or maybe even longer, you know, say you work for a school system that has just said, we're done, we're going totally completely online, you know, for the rest of the semester, as we've seen here in Illinois. So when life gets back to the old norm these dogs is going to be another change in routine which is going to be a lot more alone time so there's a big risk of a rebounding of separation anxiety or some dogs showing separation anxiety which they never showed before and we can also see this in our cats as well because the cats are getting more time to be played with maybe they're maybe yes you're right Some cats can walk on a leash and harness or maybe are accustomed to the harness and or the client finally takes the time to do this and takes the cat maybe outside you know in the yard on a long lead while they're doing gardening because it is springtime now the cat will have a lot less enrichment and attention come when you know we go back to the old norm and we may see separation anxiety signs in the cat and we can help prevent that in different ways but that would be you know how the you know, a risk factor, if you will, something that we may see show up.
1: So we probably ought to take a quick break, but I want to come back and talk a little bit more about taking advantage of this time to build these relationships, even if there's a risk that it might be a transition back. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam. He was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my DinoVite from D I N O V I T E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet, Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Welcome
1: back to Dr. Cat on to the dogs on Pet Life Radio. Dr. Sally Foote and I are talking about the issues associated with being at home more as we practice social distancing and self-quarantining with our pets. So Dr. Foote, I know that you probably have some amazingly good and easy <laughs> tips for people to provide entertainment maybe for their cat. I saw some things. I love your website. So give us Thanks. some ideas for things we can do.
2: Yes. So we can blend that, you know, giving them attention, spending more time together and building the bond while we also help to build independence. So independence is where your dog or your cat can be, you know, present with you, but they don't have to be like right by your side or always as I say, like, feeling dependent on you having to be with them for them to be calm. So we can make some games. and These games are kind of fun games. So you can do, do this also with your cat. And these are what I call the peekaboo games. So peekaboo games are where we're actually not going to use, we're not going to do a lot of feeding from the food bowl through this time. We're going to use food as the little paycheck, if you will, you know, the, as the treats, you know, the reward for fun games or even kind of a little bit of training. So what I mean is now, so with our cats, especially too, we're going to, cats, we're going to set up small food bowls. So the cat goes around the house, like those little tasting, you know, dipping uh, sauce dishes you might get like at Pier 1, you know, for sushi or something, putting a tablespoon of food and hiding those in different places around the house and switching it up every day. So, the cat is using their hunting skills. Now, this second thing is say, maybe you do that at breakfast time and put half the food out that way. Then, the second half of the food, and remember, I'm still talking about cats here. The second half of the food is what I'm going to want you to do is take those little nuggets of the dry cat food. If you feed, most people feed some dry cat food, maybe even if the cat is primarily on wet, but, or at least we should feed some dry cat food or like the temptation treats, you know, the small dry treat. You can even break it in half because I want the size of that pellet to be about the size of half of a Cheerio. And you're going to toss it, you know, across the floor, especially on like a hard surface so it bounces. You want the cat to see it bounce because it looks like, you know, it looks like a little vermin. And it's to get the cat to want to scamper after it, pounce on it, grab it, and eat it. So what it's doing is it's giving the cat exercise. You know, the cat can express their predatory play behavior, which is a normal play behavior in all cats. It's more pronounced in the kitten than the older cat, but very important for cats to do. Uh, so it's very, they're practicing their skills, they're going to exercise. Thirdly, now the cat is not like associating, they're so tightly bonded to you, the owner for like their food and attention this is a game that gets the cat to move away from you and makes it fun to go away from you and great things happen as they kind of scamper away from you and the peekaboo part comes in where say i take a couple of these tidbits you know nuggets of food i toss them across my kitchen floor so the cat is moving away from me scampering after the food and then i walk out the garage door and i close it as if i was leaving in the car And then I'll come back in about 15, 20 seconds later and ignore my cat. So you see that going out through the exit door, you know, closing the door, oftentimes that's a trigger for the separation, a big trigger for the separation anxiety. There can be other triggers, but that's the biggie because the animal knows now you're really gone. Well, now we play this game. What you're doing is you're changing the meaning, you're counter conditioning, what going through the garage door means. It means, woo. Pile of fun over here, the cat learns to ignore you going out to the garage door. And good things happen when you go out the garage door. So it keeps any of that building anxiety reduced. And the cat then is, you know, that's what I mean by like kind of independent of you. You know, they're <laughs> not clinging to you, winding around your feet as you're trying to exit out the door. And for our dogs, we do a similar game. You know, we're going to, now we don't hide the food around the house for the dog necessarily. We're going to use a little more of the food puzzles. We can use the food puzzles for the cats as well. But for the dogs, like food puzzles are, you know, toys you put the food in, not just treats. You're going to put the nuggets of food in these, like, oh, one's called um, Busy Buddy. And it twists, so the dog has to flip it around to get the nuggets out. And we're going to save about half of the rest of the food. And we'll do a similar thing for the dog will toss a handful of food for the dog down on the floor so as the dog goes to eat it i'm going to walk out the garage door and i'm going to open it i'm going to ignore my dog when i come back in because it's that emotional greeting them when you come back as well as oh be a good dog you know emotional kind of leaving them that leads to the separation anxiety so in this peekaboo game It helps to decrease the dog's anxiety about hearing that door click shut, you going out the door and coming back in because their back is to you. They don't see it. They're having food happen. They're busy sniffing and they're learning to ignore you. Again, the dog is learning to be more independent and with dogs because they have a higher rate of the high anxiety and panic with separation anxiety as compared to cats. We want to do this peekaboo game with things like the bathroom door, you know, human go in the bathroom, you know, throw the handful of food to the dog out in the hallway, go in the bathroom and close the door and come back out again. Because a lot of dogs also have this barrier frustration about doors in addition to the anxiety about separation.
1: Yeah, and it's fun. So, you know, when I interact with my pets, even though there's a lot of anxiety and I feel like we're all so anxious, I just can't help but smile. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and and that's the good part of building bonds. But I agree that having a bond is wonderful, but you do want them to be independent. It's miserable to be afraid, as we are all learning. So, I appreciate that tip. That's really good. So, where would my listeners be able to maybe find some of these enrichment toys without having to go to a store?
2: Well, of course, we have our big, bold online world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... They could, you know, go to any of the major retailers online. The second thing is you can make some homemade food puzzles and toys yourself. There's lots of websites about that. Basically, really good ones, you know, for cats can be where you take the Kleenex box, you know, and that kind of plastic flapper part on the top, leave it there, throw some of the food nuggets in that and give that to your cat. They've got to paw it out of the box and they really do enjoy that. The cardboard tubes from paper towels or toilet paper, again, you could put some of the nuggets of food in there, maybe even cut little holes out, and then stuff toilet paper in the ends for the cat to roll it around. Now in that, you only want to put maybe 10 little nuggets of food so it will roll. For the dogs, if you use a plastic water bottle, remove the cap. Do not leave a cap on the plastic water bottle for the dog to knock around and roll around if you cut little holes in it. You can use that also for the cats as well. But the pet, whatever. Chewy.com is like the Walmart for pet purchasing. You know, that's one place to go. Of course, on Amazon, Nina Otten makes a lot of really interesting. These, I call them like the spinny food puzzles, you know, they're multi-layered and they have those for the dogs. I'm not quite clear. If she has smaller ones for the cat, but she probably does. And the pet safe corporation has a huge amount because they had merged with what was called the premier pet corporation and premier was a company you know they merged with it had a lot of cat and dog food puzzles and varying difficulty degrees and that's something i want to say too if you have a cat who's very crafty you know at opening drawers and getting into things and you know pawing in your purse and like picking up your keys and running away with them you know what i mean we have some cats that are very good at this those cats need difficult food puzzles. So one that I really like uh, is called like the exerciser, and it, it's it's like an egg. You put the food nuggets in it, and you can click the openings to be small, so the cat really has to bat it around and work at it to get those food nuggets out. And then also, some people will take like you know the lidded a lidded Tupperware container and cut little squares out where the cat has to like paw those out, or again, just kind of do more complex tasks to get the food out and those are the toys that the cats will want to use as compared to the easy ones sometimes people will say like well, my cat doesn't use it and it's like well this is a really simple one you know it's a it's a water bottle all he has to do roll and all the food falls out and that he eats it And he's like yeah big deal he's bored you want to give him something that's more like more work you know
1: So I I did an interview with Dr. Jason Stull and we talked about coronavirus when it first started. You know, he's an infectious disease specialist and he talked about possibly if you are sick, maybe avoiding close, close contact with your pets. So what about if we've talked about what healthy people can do, but what if you're sick and you need to sort of be away from your pets during that time? What can you do to entertain them?
2: I think remote like I talked about you know tossing the food is a game for cats and you could do the same with dogs but especially for cats that's a great way to entertain them I love that game I, I recommend it to parents with toddlers and young children because it keeps the child you know in one place while the cat runs around the kids think that's great and it is but it also prevents the child from like picking the cat up but anyway if you need to be in bed or you need to be you know resting And we do not want, you know, you actually petting the pet in case there's contagion on your hand, getting on their coat. We don't know yet about, you know, for sure about any kind of carrier state, whatever, with our animals and our pets. So if you have to not pet them, but you want to have this bond, tossing the food for the cats is the number one game, I would say, to do with your cat. The second one would be maybe you need to get an actual fishing pole where you can cast out about 10 or 15 feet with that feather toy on the end, you know, for the cat to pounce on. Remember, a happy cat is a cat who thinks he's killed something every day. I always, you know, said that and I think that's really true. So we want the play that we we play with our cats, right? Another rule of thumb I have for happy cats is that the human needs to play with the cat for at least ten minutes a day of active play. So what does that mean? Like taking You know, on a fishing pole, something like some actual bird feathers tied on there. So casting it out 10 or 15 feet, if you can, in your room. So the cat jumps on it, pounces on it, grabs those feathers, chews on it with their mouth and treads with their back feet. They need to go through all those behaviors. That's really killing their toy. They need to do that. Laser light to play, you know, where you're flashing it around on the wall, can be done, provided after you've shown it around a bit, then toss a nugget of food right where that spot of light is. So the cat achieves like killing because what they think it is, it looks like a little firefly, you know, it looks like a little bug. And if they never get to kill it, they can be frustrated. And then they may start knocking things off, you know, the counter and naughty behavior. So if you toss that nugget of food at the end of the spot of light, so they get the food and you turn the light off, then they feel like they killed the light and they're not going to be as like naughty. So later it's the light games can be another remote play. There are some actual toys made that have like a remote laser light that will shine. And there's that mat. It's like a yellow circular mat that has the little like mouse tail that pokes out and all around. So that's something you could set up so your cat can play. And even if it's within eight feet of your presence, you know, so you're laying in bed or, you know, whatever, uh, where your cat is, sees you, they will still like associate this activity with you. And that still maintains that human-animal bond together.
1: And you get to watch them and then you get to laugh even when you feel (laughs) bad. So I'm having visions of people everywhere at computers on teleconferences, behind the scenes kind of tossing a uh, fishing pole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this has really been helpful. I think that our listeners could take this information and use it to make life better for them and their pets. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
2: You're welcome. Thank you so much for asking me to be on the show, Kat. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy.
1: Well, and so I'd like to tell uh, my listeners exactly how to find out more about you because you do have a really cool website. Can you tell us the web address again?
2: Sure. The web address is Doctor drsallyjfoot.com. Dr. So I'll spell it out. It's D-R-S-A-L-L-Y-J-F-O-O-T-E dot com. When you get to the homepage, you know, you'll see the different sections. I have videos, I have handouts, and I do have some client webinars as well that they can take, like Cat Health and Behavior at All Ages, and Five Simple Rules for Keeping Your Cat in the Box, (laughs) and Pet Child Safety.
1: So if you're at-home listeners and you're bored, um, this would be a really, really good use of your time. And her website is so cool, like her loading screen is a little EKG, um, <laughs> and it's just really cool. So thanks again, Dr. Foot. I am so glad that you agreed to come with me today. And also thank you to my amazing producer, Mark Winter, because he makes this all happen. And thank you to all my listeners for joining me today on Dr. Cat Gone to the Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I hope that you can use the information that we gave you today about navigating self quarantine and providing the enrichment and the things that your pets may need to adjust back to life the old fashioned way. I want everyone to go out and raise the rough.
0: Let's talk pets every week on demand.